Welcome to Touched by Grace, an outreach of Grace for the Nation's Church here in the city of Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information, visit us on the web at gftnc.org. And now, here's Touched by Grace. Psalm 138, 8th verse. But it simply says, The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. There was one translation of it in the Message Bible that simply says, Lord, finish what you started and don't give up on me now. I want you to look at that and just see how we can derive the message translation that simply says, finish what you started and don't give up on me now. We are going to be focusing on God's grace, but from a different perspective. I was little and I remember writing on paper 1979 and thought that was who 1979 was in the future. And then I graduated high school in the 1980s. And, and I thought about, you know, well, when we get into the nineties, we're really just soaring into the future. And, and then we got to the two thousands of which some of you were born and, and, and look at you now, you're well into your twenties and, 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 and now God is doing great things in the lives of his people. So the message is called Perfect Timing, and we're going to be looking at four things. The perfection process, the perfect match, the perfect pitch, and the perfected praise. And the word perfect or perfected is a word that we're going to be doing a lot of focusing on. So whether you are in the eighth grade or you are 80 years old, you'll be able to do some personal study, and you'll be able to go back and say, the word perfect should not scare me. Many times we are afraid of using the word perfect or saying things such as I'm not perfect or you're going to have to overlook me because I'm not perfect. I know we're not perfect, but we should strive toward perfection. And in some things we are perfected. Some of us have perfected the art of overcoming certain sins. You're perfect in that area. The Bible even tells us to let patience have her perfect work that we may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. Which means that if you have no desire in a specific area, then you must be made perfect in that area. I'm perfectly set in certain areas of my life. Now, other areas, somebody say other areas. I'm not perfect yet. But this is perfect timing. This is timing for us to become perfected in the things of God. So we're going to do an inexhaustible search of the words perfect and the words timing. In fact, let's get a definition of the word perfect. The word perfect is just simply exactly fitting the need in a certain situation for a certain purpose. It is exactly, 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 measurably perfect. Exactly. You need six, you got six. You need 12, you got 12. If you need two months to complete it, you got two months to complete it. So when we think about perfect, we have to consider that the definition is not ominous and it's not something that we can attain to. You can exactly fit the need in a certain situation for a certain purpose as a person. Hopefully when you get to the perfect mate or the, the perfect match, you can think about the fact that that person is perfect for you and you are perfect for that person. If they're not perfect for you and you're not perfect for them, then you probably won't have a perfect relationship and there'll be a lot of problems instead of perfection. Aren't you glad we moved the roles back a little bit? So the perfecting 
or the perfection process is something we need to look at. Let's look at timing because time is an important factor as well. I wrote a whole chapter about it in, in that book, and it's an interval, or it is the intervals of eternity measured by the past, the present, and the future. That's all time is. That's all it is. It's simply intervals of eternity. Time has been, is, and always will be. Time is an element of God's attribute and God's character. We can't mock time to the point of being able to determine how much time we have. All we can do is be good stewards over the time that we've been given and recognize the fact that time is a resource that God distributes to us severally as he wills. So I don't know if you'll have 75 years, 80 years, 90 years, or 120 years. Time and our times are in God's hands. So time would be intervals of eternity measured out by our past. We had times past. Remember in times past when we walked according to the lust of this world as many others, we were like the children of wrath, disobedient even as other people. But now that we are in Christ, bringing us to our present, we are in Christ. It's a new time. This is a different time than it was back then. And so we also have to look to the fact that time has future pretenses, which means that if Jesus does not come back today, next Sunday, you ought to be here for your meeting. That's time ahead. You're thinking ahead of time. Now, you can try to catch up with time. You can try to um, work over time. You can try to seize the time and seize the moment. But time cannot be contained. It can be consumed, but it cannot be contained. We can consume hours. We can consume worship time. We can consume the time it takes to graduate, the time it takes to bring forth seed that has been planted, the time that it takes to flourish or to develop. We can actually exercise good common sense in making good use of our time, but time are simply intervals of eternity that's been measured out to us already in our past. Everybody's got a past. Look at somebody say, here's where we take the turn. We all have a past. You do. If you're two days old, you got 40 weeks plus two days as your past. I knew you 40 weeks ago, <laughs> even if you're two days old. Your mama knew you 40 weeks ago, right? God knew you even before the 40 weeks began. According to the scripture, which means that we all have a past and we cannot ignore that. Now you say, is it a good past or a bad past? Let you and God decide that. All right. Let you and God be the judge of your past because I am not in a position of authority to judge your past. Now I can discern my past and determine whether or not I want to repeat the past and whether or not I want to practice insanity and insanity would be doing the same things of the past, expecting that I'm moving forward or getting different results. So I realize that I can only handle my past. I can't deal with your past. In fact, my past is not for you to deal with and your past is not for me to deal with. You know how people say, well, I got a past. You got to deal with it. No, I don't. You deal with it. If you deal with it, I would never know anything about it. If you deal with it, it's not even an issue. All I know is what you bring to the table right now. All I know is how you came here. All I know is you presented this to me. Now, when you start going back into your past and start divulging your past and revealing your past, unless it's going to bring you to a bright and shining future, what's the point? Look at somebody say the past is the past. So you can take the past and put it behind you. The famous quote from a movie. 
You can put the past behind you knowing that that's time that you can stand on now having learned from mistakes and errors and poor judgments and lapses in your reasoning. I made some very bad decisions in my past. I made some poor choices in my past. I didn't make the right choice or the right decision. And so now in my present, I have the residual of my past. But as soon as I get through this present moment, this too will be in my You see how it works? If we can endure this present moment, that even though it's painful because it came from the dark past that has taught us, let us march on till victory is won. Lift every voice and sing (laughs) till her the wrong month. It is this month. But we have to move beyond the past in order to recognize and respect the element of time because you got a present too. And you're right here, right now, in this moment. Now, what is the utility of us having a past, being in the present, and looking forward to the future? The present is all you have control over right now. That's all you have control over. You absolutely cannot go change the past and you cannot do anything to advance yourself into the future. You got to wait till it gets there. And here's a secret. Once you get to the future, it's no longer the future. It just metamorphosized into being your present. And as soon as the moments pass, it becomes your past. So we have a lesson or we have the clarity of that. And we see that perfect timing is a process. So the perfection process is what I'd like to focus on today. And I'm going to share a couple of scriptures and some insights from the scriptures, but I have five basic principles that I'll give to you. So in this perfecting process, we have to understand what a process is. It's a series of actions, changes, or functions bringing about a result. So we know that perfection takes time, and time is usually executed through processes. It's a process of time. Over the process of time, I have come to realize things that I could not realize before because now process has introduced me to a series of actions or changes or functions that has brought about a result. Over time, things have changed. And there were a series of actions. If I keep going to school, eventually I will graduate. No matter how long it takes, if I don't give up, then I keep going over the process of time, I will graduate. If I keep fasting and praying and seeking God, I will become more and more like him, no matter how long it takes. If I keep repenting and getting back up, eventually I won't have to repent for that thing anymore and I can move on to something else and I'll be perfected in that area over the process of time. Are you following me? Our salvation is a present tense word that takes us through the process of going from earth to heaven. You don't get saved and immediately you're transformed into the presence of the Lord. The Bible says that we're translated into the kingdom of his dear son. And he prayed before he left here, thy kingdom come on earth, even as it is in heaven. Look at somebody say the kingdom is being formed right now. We are being formed in the kingdom in the process of time. As kingdom men and as kingdom women, we are being formed and shaped as citizens of his kingdom in the earth. Don't worry about the by and by. That's in the future. Don't worry about soon one morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. If you get wings and fly away, I guess I'll see you on the other side. I would be so disappointed to get there and realize that you had no wings. And I know they say Red Bull gives you wings, but you will not be getting to heaven by drinking Red Bull. Okay. Did he say something wrong with drinking Red Bull? Well, you probably don't want to try it on your fast, okay? It won't help you much. 
So when you think about the process of us getting from here to heaven, what goes on in our lives to get us there? Now, that's the drastic measure. But what about just getting to the point of marriage? Successful marriage. What about getting to the point of successful singlehood before you get married? What about the process of just becoming a mighty man of God or a mighty woman of God so that it would be noted in your history and in your epitaph that you did what God put you on this earth to do? That process. Here's some basic questions that come in the process. Five common questions. What? Somebody say, what? You mean, what? What? I got to do what? We got to do what? What is one of the questions? People always ask what? People always ask what in the world is going on. Some people even say, what the what? 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 The other question is why? Why? Why me? Why now? Why this? Why them? Why her? Why that person? Why are they blessed? Why? Why not me? So why is another common question. The other common question is when, when, when do I get my turn? When do, when is it over? When is it time, Lord? When do I get my chance? When is my moment of breakthrough? When do I get the mic? When do I get my moment? Everybody's got 15 minutes of fame and they've been up for 15 minutes and a half. So when is it my turn? Is it my turn yet? Is it my turn? When, 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 when can I stop? Can I come out now? Are we done yet? Are we there yet? When will we get there? When do I know that I have arrived? When is a question, a vital question and where, 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 where is it? that we're going. Where are we going, daddy? Where are we going, daddy? Where are we going? We ask God, where are we going? Where are we going? If I knew where it was that you were going, I could tell you how to get there. All I'm trying to do is figure out where it is that I'm going in God. And if you want to go with me, that's fine. But where I'm going might not be where it is that you're supposed to be. So we all have the question of where. And then the other question is how, how do we get there? How do we become what God wants us to be? And the overarching and resounding answer to all of these questions is the process. The answer is in the process of time, perfection over time. So the perfecting process of becoming mature, the perfecting process of becoming what God called us to be. Real quick, turn to some scripture. I want to get some scripture in there um, really quickly so that you can comprehend what it is that I'm trying to say. Go to Psalms, if you will, 18. Psalms 18, verse number 30 says this. It says, as for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all of those that trust him. So in answer to the question, if we're in the Lord, we're going toward perfection because the way of the Lord is perfect. The word perfect by definition means to be complete or entire or full or without any lack. Another scripture while you're flipping or you're turning there, I want you to look at Psalm 37 and 37. It says, mark the perfect man and behold the upright for the end of that man is peace. So the questions that you have are responded to in that if you watch and see someone who has been perfected, you will see that they're in and their ultimate where, why, how, what, when is peace. That's where we're heading toward. We're striving toward. While you're in the Psalms, you just hold your finger there for a second, and I want you to go over to a proverb. I want to show you something in a proverb that helps us to comprehend and understand this. And I won't share all of the scriptures. There's about 130 some odd scriptures in the King James Version of the Bible that deal specifically with perfect or perfected. In Proverbs 2 and 21, it says, for the upright shall dwell in the land and the perfect shall remain in it. Where am I going? To my place, to my promised land. 
my promised place. And when I get there, because I'm being perfected, I will stay in it. You see, God doesn't take you up to take you down. You know how we say sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. I'd much rather be on the end of this thing called blessing to where I win and sometimes I win and sometimes I win and sometimes I win and some more times I win and I'm winning some more. And we're just looking at somebody and say, we're winning. Being perfected indicates that you're winning and that you're not losing. The other proverb is four and 18, four and 18. It says, but the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. It says that the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more. And the illustration of this is a sunrise. First, there's the peaking of the light that breaks the darkness. It's called dawn. And as the dawn begins to progress on the horizon, the sun rises and it becomes brighter and brighter and brighter. And before you know it, you have a bright and perfect day. That's the illustration of how your life should be progressing in this process that we call time. And so as we progress in the process, there should be a brightness that comes and you should be better now than you were then. How many remember us saying this back almost 10 years ago? I see you in the future and you look much better than you look right now. Well, here you are in what was called the future. Do you look any better than you looked back then when we said, I see you in the future and you look much better than you look right now? If you still look like you looked back then, then shame on you. It's time for us to begin to acquiesce to the place that God has for us called a brighter day. Look at somebody say, I'm looking for a brighter day. I'm looking for a brighter day. Come on, you got to motivate yourself. You got to tell your body, you're going to be healed. You got to tell your finances, you're going to be just right. You got to tell your children, you're not going to act up on me. You're going to grow up and you're going to be the man of God that God called you to be. You're going to be the woman of God that God called you to be. You're going to be the child of God that God called you to be because we're moving toward perfection and I'm looking for a perfect day. I'm looking for a great day, a bright day, a wonderful day. And there's no time like the present. In fact, this is perfect timing to have a perfect day. But what comes out of your mouth determines whether or not. And these are the principles that I want to share with you. Spiritual matters require a spiritual response. Would you agree? Principle number one, spiritual matters require a spiritual response. If it's a spiritual issue, you got to deal with it on a spiritual level. That child act like he got the devil. Now the devil, you just entered into a spiritual zone. So you deal with him like he got the devil in him. And what do we do with the devil? You cast him out. Don't cast the child out. You cast the devil out of the child. Child, you stay. Devil, you go. Okay? Both of them can't stay. You have to let them know one of y'all going to have to leave. Okay? Both of y'all can't stay here. Somebody got to go. Get to packing. And so... The spiritual matters of your own personal life. I just use parenting as an example. I'm very familiar with that process. But in the other processes of my life, I have to think about what's spiritual about this. The dynamics of my friendships, the dynamics of my relationships, the dynamics of my encounters with people. If I'm always arguing with you, there must be something spiritually wrong with our dynamic. If you and I can never see eye to eye and we can never get along, and if you and I can never agree, then it's a spiritual matter. Either there's some hatred, some bitterness, some unforgiveness. 
unforgiveness. There is some complaining. There is something that's causing it and it's spiritual. It's not natural. It's spiritual. And of course, I'd be more than happy to put all of the responsibility on you, but I got to check my spirit, man. I got to check and see what's on the inside of me that's triggering something on the inside of you or what's on the inside of you that's triggering something on the inside of me that causes me to act like I have lost my mind or cause you to act like you have lost your mind or maybe you have forgotten who you were or maybe you don't know about me. Spiritual matters have to be handled with a spiritual response. Can you imagine somebody telling you off and you go, stop in the name of love. I rebuke you in Jesus name and I command those words to be condemned. I just gave you three scriptures right there. I rebuke it. I refuse to accept it. And I command those words to be condemned. That's what the Bible says. No weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you, you shall condemn. Spiritual matters require a spiritual response. Another principle. Victory is inevitable when God is first. Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added. Now, when we talk about being victorious at the end of our process, we have to keep God in the forefront of the process. That's why I had us all come to the altar to do our corporate prayer together um, at the altar in a humble position. Even people were coming in the door, come right to the altar. So that means that we put God first. That's why his presence is looming and you're consuming everything that's being spoken over you right now. And you're going to just digest it and consume it and you're going to be able to teach it to your children and your children's children are going to know about perfect timing and the perfection process because we sought the Lord first. We put the Lord first and victory is inevitable when God is first. Now, when you get into a mess and then you say, God, come bless my mess, it's a 50-50 chance. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. I can just imagine. I'm not God, but I think I can imagine. God is probably like, I didn't get you in that, so I don't have to get you out. I had another route for you. You got in the wrong cab, buddy. That one was going uptown, but I wanted you to go across town. You got in the wrong mode of transportation. In fact, that will only get you to the end of the line, whereas I wanted you to soar to heights unknown. You wanted to walk, and God wanted you to fly. You wanted to settle for less when God was already preparing the very best for you. You wanted it right here, right now, and God was saying, just wait a minute because it's not ready for you yet, or you're not ready for it yet. And we prematurely jump in front of God, and we don't put him first, and then what happens is that when we fail to see the victory, we say, devil, get off my track. And the devil's like, I had nothing to do with that. Why are you blaming it on me? The devil is like, I was ready to celebrate your victory with you, but you didn't get there because you didn't put God first. You didn't seek God first. You just did it. You just jumped and did. We love each other. Okay, you love each other, but lust was leading the way. And if you love each other, then you follow what it is that God said for you and that person to do in your expressions of love. Have I covered the base? You understand it, right? So the other principle is this. Remember that message last year about being a better me? I got to be a better me. I want to be a better me. It's nice that you are a good you, but you know, you can't be me and I can't be you. I just got to be a better me. And the me that I was yesterday is not good enough for the me that I need to be today. And the need, the me that I need to be tomorrow is going to be a completely different me. So every day I'm looking to complete a process so that I can get on to becoming a greater me each day. 
Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now, let me break this down for you really quickly. It says greater is he that is in you. Now, if he's in you and he's greater, what does that make you? Greater. Now, if you're not greater, what does that mean? Look at somebody go. He's not. (laughs) You need to check and see, is he in here? Hello, God, are you there? Hello, can you hear me now? If he's not in there, then you're not getting any greater. And if things are staying the same, let me tell you, it's probably not greater. We have to progress to the next level. He expects greater things of us. In fact, there are so many great and wonderful things that he has in store for us that our eyes haven't even seen it. Our ears have not heard it. Neither has it even entered into the heart of our of our of our mankind. The things that he has in store for us. He's got great things in store. So every day we should try to complete the process. We have 24 hour periods to market. How did you do today? How was your day today? How did you make it through today? Well, I almost cussed, but I didn't. Amen. Good for you. Now, 10 days from now, you shouldn't almost be cussing. Cussing shouldn't even been on the plate. It wouldn't because you got greater, right? Cussing never even entered my mind after that first week of fasting. I mean, I was good. So understand that we're supposed to get greater. Now, that might be somebody else's greater. You don't know what your, what's your greater. Look at somebody and say, what's your greater? Yeah, what's your greater? The same used to saying, I ain't done nothing all day to make my Lord ashamed. That's because you didn't go nowhere all day. You stayed in the house, locked up, singing songs like, I ain't done nothing all day to make my Lord ashamed. Two minutes and I'm done. Your attitude, no perspective during the process will dictate the outcome. Your attitude, no perspective. Not just your physical perspective. But what are you thinking while you're where you are? I see people at the bus stop with headphones on and they're going, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And then I see people at the bus stop. <laughs> Who do you think going to get a car first? <laughs> Who do you think going to get a ride first? The person that get on the bus, the bus driver say, good morning, how are you? Or the person say, oh, I'm sorry, I was listening to, praise the Lord. I was, I was, you know, I was just jamming to my gospel, that's all. Your attitudinal perspective during the process will dictate your outcome. If you're mad going, you're going to be mad when you get there. If you're angry on your way, you're going to be angry when you get there. And that's why we have church the way we do. Because you come here like this And it takes 45 minutes to get that out of you. And the longer we take to get it out of you, the more like this you become. You can go in reverse. (laughs) Look like a bobblehead. I say praise the Lord. They go, I know he ain't talking to me. He don't know what kind of day I had. My car wouldn't start. My hair wouldn't start. And my kids wouldn't shut up. And we say, praise the Lord. Come on, lift your hands. Give God praise. Come on, let's magnify him. Let's exalt his name together. Together, I tell you what, I'll catch up with y'all. I'm going to the bathroom. (laughs) That's your attitude or perspective. And it messes up the outcome. The outcome. The outcome is based on how you act on the way through the process. You remember in the car, your mama used to look at you and say, now, when we get in here, you act like you got some sense. (laughs) Yeah, because if you nut up on me, I'm going to nut up on you. He's like, mama, please don't nut up on me. And you say to yourself, I'm not going to nut up because she's going to nut up. And then you just lose, you get there and you lose your memory and you do something and you nut up. He's like, oh, God. And it's like, just real quick. Anybody ever had one of those? 
if on the way you had determined in your mind to one, sit out of her reach or two, act like you had good sense, you wouldn't have had the experience. And so don't get mad with her because she's got an automatic reflex. Don't get upset when the enemy comes and takes a bite out of your crime because you're in the midst of it. Don't get upset when the judgment comes because we were walking over there on that dark side and now we got shadows following us. Stay in the light and you won't cast a shadow. That's a good status, don't you think? Shadows only show up where darkness is present. Hmm. So if we had the right attitude, perspective during the process, the outcome is going to be all right. Look at somebody say, I think it's going to be all right. Because I'm going to get a good attitude. I'm going to get the right attitude about it. That's the last one. Here's, here's something. Remember that perfection is the goal. So don't quit because God won't. Aren't you glad that God won't quit? He just will not stop blessing us. He will not quit. He just keeps giving us oxygen even though we keep wasting it. He keeps on and keeps on allowing our lungs to function even though we have polluted them. God just keeps on and 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 keeps on on doing great things for me. Stop and think about it for a moment. The the goal is perfection, so that's why he keeps on giving you another chance. One more day, he gives you another moment, another opportunity to get up and to seize the time. So God's perfection, he's given to us in the capsules called grace. That's his grace. It's because of his grace and his mercies that we're not consumed, but he keeps on doing it, so don't give up. You can close your Bibles and get up, but don't give up. Look at somebody say, I can't give up. I've come too far. And God wants to perfect me. You've been listening to Touched by Grace, an outreach of Grace for the Nation's Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information, log on to our website, gftnc.org, or call us, 616-974-9128. Our mission here at Grace for the Nations Church is to reach the diverse people of the world by teaching biblical principles and life application of the scripture. Despite the present-day challenges facing individuals, families, and our communities, we believe there is hope.